This episode is brought to you in part by The Table Podcast from the Hendricks Center at Dallas Theological Seminary. I'm Daryl Bach, one of the hosts, and I invite you to join us as we discuss issues of God and culture, which includes anything and everything. Listen on your podcast app or at dts.edu slash the table. You're listening to episode 38. Yeah, don't say that. Of the In Between podcast, where you'll hear simple solutions for living an extraordinary life. My name is Daniel M. And I'm Christina M. So, don't, what? What was that about? Yeah, don't say that. <laughs> I wasn't talking to, to you. Me? Well, was this a fight we had? No, no. Yeah, don't you see the like eyes I'm giving you? The passive there? aggressiveness. <laughs> don't speak. <laughs> no, we are not in a fight, just to let you know. But I will let you know if we are and you have missed that. <laughs> <laughs> no, instead, today uh, we're actually going to be talking about the five forbidden phrases in parenting. Oh, this is so good, guys. Can't wait to share this with you. And some there were, there were definitely some bonuses at the end when it came to parenting teenagers. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is this was a siblings. Oh, yeah. A lot of, of that. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was gold. Today we interview Sue Groner. Uh, we actually clarify with her at the beginning of the episode that it's not Groner. Yeah, there's, there's, no, there's no French in there. So. <laughs> en français? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's Sue Groner. Uh, from, she lives in New York right now mm-hmm. with her husband and, and her two kids go to school in Philadelphia. Right, they're college students. Yeah, same college. Yeah. So that was, that was cool to hear about that. But really, uh, in the interview, we get into the five forbidden phrases in parenting from her book, 101 Parenting Ways to Rock Your World. Right. And I just want to say a disclaimer here. Um, yeah, we've said all of these. So if you're like, I don't want to listen anymore because I'm sure they're going to call me out. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have paved the way for y'all. Yeah, like, like go to your room. <laughs> yeah. And there's some surprise ones. I was like, I thought that was a positive thing to say. Why yeah. are you saying we shouldn't say this? And then what should we say instead? So if I don't say that, then do I just look at them and stare at them? So she helps us a lot with with what to say and what not to say. Yeah. And once again, not only the five that she's going to share, there's a lot of nuggets of gold in between her answers mm-hmm. and just you wise know, how, women. Yeah. How, do, how does this apply to parents if if you have a two-year-old and, and does that work for two-year-olds or nine-year-olds or 18-year-olds or teenagers? And so it was, a, it was a fascinating interview that I know you're going to enjoy. But before we hit play, uh, we want to encourage you to please leave a rating and review for us on Apple Podcasts or on iTunes. It makes a huge difference. There, you, as you guys know, there's a lot of podcasts out there, and mm-hmm. and this one's free, like every other podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> one of the ways, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and because there are so many, especially in the kids and family, parenting, marriage area. A lot of times people will actually look through the reviews before they decide to hit subscribe or listen. Mm-hmm. So your honest review, we're not asking you to give us five stars if we don't deserve five stars, but your honest uh, review and, and just some comment comments on, on what you enjoy about the show and, and some thoughts actually help a ton. It helps a ton. We read every single one of them, but it helps a ton in other people discovering the podcast. Right. And if you even have suggestions of people that you would like us to possibly interview, or some topics that you would like us to get experts to talk about, feel free to to let us know about that as well. Fantastic. Well, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, here's Sue Groner. 
Hi, Sue. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, how are you? Thanks so much for having me here. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we are actually Instagram friends, and so it's been amazing to see just pictures of you and your family and sort of getting to know y'all that way. And also, um, we've read your book, The um, 101 Parenting Ways to Rock Your World, and there was just so many fantastic tidbits. I can't wait for our listeners to hear more about it. But uh, before we get into your book. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your family? Sure. Um, raised, I have two kids and they are now uh, 19 and 21. My son is a freshman in college and my daughter's a senior in college. Okay. Good or not. <laughs> I know it's, it's going very, very fast. <laughs> they always um, say that, right? And I'm like, really? Because there's days I'm like, you are going far too slow yeah. Monday. <laughs> and are they, are they far away? They're in Philadelphia, so okay. and I'm in New York, so um, no, they're not that far away, and they're together, and they adore each other, and which is, you know, probably the best thing that for yes, a mother. Exactly, uh, that's awesome that they can kind of watch out for each other too. Yeah, and they do, and they really like they meet for breakfast, and they, you know, my daughter's been telling my son all the parties to go to, and <laughs> he's <laughs> advisor, <laughs> and it's really it's great, you know, it's really nice. So I'm, I'm sure it must have been easier to send off the second one then, knowing that um, he's under good hands then. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's awesome. And and how long have you lived in New York for? Um, well, I grew up in Connecticut. Okay. I also went to school in Philadelphia and um, then ended up in New York City um, after a few years of marriage. And the kids, when they were two and four, we moved out of New York City up to um, northern Westchester County in a town called Bedford, um, raised the kids there. And we're still up there, but now we're sort of splitting our time between a house up there and a little apartment in the city. Oh, that's the best of both worlds. Yeah, it's great. So that's Dean and I always dream about that. Like we yeah. live in the suburbs now because the kids like the schooling and everything is better here. But once the kids move out, we're like, man, we need to like move down to have condo downtown and we can just like walk to breakfast yep. and <laughs> right. you know, kinda right. go get we're used to city living. We are, <laughs> yeah. So but with kids, you know, our lives change and we try to make the best choices for them. Yeah, that's what we did. <laughs> That's awesome. So, Sue, uh, you're the founder of The Parenting Mentor. Can you explain what that is and, and what inspired you to start this program? Sure. <laughs> um, the Parenting Mentor is really a mentoring service that I do, um, whether it's one-on-one, small groups, workshops. I have some corporate programs that are um, sort of a series of lunch and learns. Oh, cool. But with, with most, I work either in person or virtually. And my goal is really to help parents to be happier and more relaxed. There are so many parenting people out there. This is what you need to do for your child. And this is what you need to do for this kid and that kid. And right. I'm very parent-centric because nobody else is. And if you're a happier, more relaxed parent, and if you can, you know, what I do is teach these strategies that, and they're simple, that really help to reduce the everyday stress and anxiety that comes with parenting. That sort of inevitable stress that every parent has no matter what. How do you make that easier? How do you get over that? And if you learn these little strategies, your kids end up 
really, you know, learning a lot too. I think there should be less stress, less angst and more mm-hmm. joy, more joy in raising kids. Yep. Oh, that sounds so good. <laughs> Sign me right? up. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, and the reason I started this is that at a certain, you know, I was a stressed out, anxious mom. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, I kind of took a step back and I looked at my kids and they were doing really well. And I'm like, why was I so stressed about my kids? Mm-hmm. You know, and I realized as I looked at all these other kids who were also getting to be a certain age, you know, by high school, more or less high school, even even after um, for some kids, because every kid sort of evolves at their own pace, right. that they do figure it out. I want to help parents not go through what I did. So many of us sort of look at our kids as an engineering project oh yeah exactly <laughs> or yeah or it. you know like the um vending machine you're like if i put the 25 cents in i punch in the right number i should be able to get the dorito chips that i want right because that's sort right. of the strategy that i feel like a lot of us kind of fall for it's like okay like you were saying um these books out there are saying do step a b c and d and then your children will turn out to be step a b c and d and it's almost as though if we don't follow those strategies then when our kids quote unquote don't match up to what we want them to be or what we plan them to be then it's like our fault you know what I mean well not only is it our fault but when that happens then we get frustrated Mm -hmm. and we get frustrated at our children like why aren't you doing this why aren't you working harder why didn't you make that team why didn't you show up for this or that or whatever the thing is now we need to get you more tutors and we need to get you into this coaching program and you need to practice harder and but at for what goal Mm-hmm. The, the engineering project goal is ultimately to get my child into a good college. If you really think about it, yeah, and if we boil it down. with mm-hmm. ourselves. Yep. But what I think is so important instead of this engineering project and what our role should be as parents is really to work towards raising resilient, self-reliant kids who have good problem-solving skills and good coping mechanisms. And if everything that we do, working towards that result, Mm -hmm. so much of our stress goes away. So many of the things that we see as problems and things that we need to fix, all of a sudden become opportunities for our kids to work on becoming resilient and to practice being self-reliant and Mm -hmm. work on problem-solving skills and develop coping mechanisms. And little by little, along the way, they end up, when they get finally get to college, being very capable human beings. Right. And that's so important because we've interviewed actually um, a professor that works at college. He's been probably a professor for about 20, 25 years. And he was like, that helicopter parenting, like, quote, unquote, it's really all. And like, even more so, I think they're calling them now um, the lawnmower, lawnmower generation. Yes. Yeah, lawnmower and like parents. trying to get rid of all sort of obstacles and problems for their children so that everyone can be, you know, I guess that's a another thing everyone can be quote unquote relaxed but that's not working is it <laughs> no it not. doesn't work. and you know what i will say like in all fairness 
it's coming from a place of goodness and love. I think it's not, we're not, you know, parents aren't thinking I want to do this so I can like have my kids like need me when they're, you know, 35 (laughs) years old. Nobody wants them that way. (laughs) But I, but it isn't doing them any good. And I think it's causing tremendous anxiety for kids when they do get to college because they know they don't have someone there constantly yeah, tell to them what to do for them. Right. And then they're like, oh, my God, why is this happening? Why mm-hmm. am I not happy every second of the day? Mm-hmm. So in your book, 101 Parenting Ways to Rock Your World, you have a section on forbidden phrases. So for the next while, we'd love if you could explain to us why these phrases should be forbidden in parenting and what we should say instead. So let's start with the first one. What did you do in school today? Okay, I have to say, so. <laughs> I'm very interested in what you have to say about this because this is like a daily thing for us. And when I was reading about what you were saying, I was like, well... Well, what do I say instead? Like, it's almost like, what did you do in school today? Is that phrase, that parroting phrase that we say to our, you know, to people we meet, like, hi, how are you? Right. So I feel like that's like an opening phrase. Like, if I don't say that, what do I say? What's my opening phrase to start the conversation with my kids? (laughs) So why is that phrase so forbidden then? If you have a long day at work, (laughs) you come home and you're asked, what'd you do at work today? Suddenly, the last thing you feel like doing is recapping your entire day. Yeah, that's right? a really good point. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's really I good. Know when my mom calls me and wants to know everything I'm doing and did and what's going on with my work, and I'm, I just went through it all. I don't want to have to like rehash everything. I'm tired. Right. Yes. You know, I don't want to have. I want to like just chill. Wow. And never you thought know, of it that way. Especially if you're. A child being in school all day is exhausting for a child. You know, they have to be on their best behavior. They have to be focused and they're working and they're interacting and they're sitting for eight hours these days going on. And so when they come home, they kind of just, they really need to chill. Mm. Now I used to do the same thing. I'd pick my kids up from school or they get off the bus. And the mm-hmm. first thing I would say is, how was school today? What'd you do? <laughs> you know? right. and, Tell me all about it. I want to hear. <laughs> I don't know. Nothing. Nothing. I don't know. I don't remember. Those were like the basic responses. Yes. And finally I kind of <laughs> caught on and I'm like, okay, I know that is not true that you don't remember because you just did it. But I'm kind of getting the feeling that you don't really feel like talking about it right now. Mm-hmm. And then the response would be, you're right. I don't. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. You know, maybe we can talk about it at dinner. Sure. And then that would sort of be it. Maybe we'd put on some music and listen to some music in the car, or okay. I would make a snack and we would just talk, or I would like to talk about what I was doing that day. Mm-hmm. You know, like that. sometimes when I would start talking about the things I was doing, then my kids would start chiming in too. If there was something that happened that was funny that I was relaying, then Mm -hmm. they would go, oh yeah, that reminds me that this happened. It was really funny. Um, And they'll tell a story. And then Mm -hmm. maybe the other together, then another one would say, oh yeah, and this happened. And so it's sort of, it's just sort of that like firing up of the questions that nobody really likes. And, you know, I also thought to myself, why do I want to know? You know, And part of it is I'm curious. I want to know everything that yeah. my kids are doing 
to share in their day. I want to know who they ate lunch with. I want to know who they talked to. I want to know what you talked about. Yes, you know, but all I, of it. <laughs> part of that probably is a little bit of a control thing. And mm. part of it is just, I just want to know, you know, I want to share in my kids' experiences. And even now with my kids in college, I would love to know what's going on. But now I get more of like, gee, I'd love to hear like what your ethics teachers, you know, talked about in your class yesterday. Mm -hmm. You know, what was the main subject? And then I'll get that, you know, asking sort of open question. Did anything really funny happen? Mm -hmm. Did I get in trouble today? Um, you know, was there something really interesting that you learned? But these, again, these are questions that you can ask, but I still kind of think you wait a little while. The conversation will come. I think we just need to respect our kids a little bit in that realm and sort of back off. Mm -hmm. Okay, number two, you got me with the first one. <laughs> like number <laughs> two is go to your room. Um, I, sometimes they just feel like they need space, right? They need space, like you were saying, to decompress. And so sometimes it's just the easiest, like what rooms have doors and the room, their own room is sometimes the easiest place to send them. So why is that a forbidden phrase? Well, first of all, I think, when we say go to your room, it's us sort of saying, I wish I could go to my room and close the door. You know? <laughs> that is awesome. Yes. Right? <laughs> like, so I'm true, going to my, oh, I'm going to my room. Yes. Um, I think that when you say go to your room, what the kid is hearing is get away from me or I don't want you around me mm. right oh, now. Ouch. I, I don't right? want to be saying that. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's not what we're trying to communicate, but yeah. There's something going on with your child. They're acting out mm -hmm. if because, of, or, you know, there's some sort of bad behavior because of there's some reason why they're acting that way. And if they are, it's kind of a signal to you that they need you. Yes. They need your love and support right now. And rather than if you send them to their room, then they're going to feel more alone and unloved when they need you more than ever sort of just take that deep breath and say wow you know it looks like you're really angry about something right. or frustrated or sad come here and give them a hug mm -hmm. you know and to, that's sort of the concept that I like of a time in instead of a time out oh I like it that sort of feeds in so like a time out is basically go to your room right. go over there sit down don't talk I don't want to hear you I don't want to see you a time in is wow something's going on with you and you really need some love right now. Mm -hmm. You need a hug. You need to feel safe and supported and loved. Sometimes you can see it before it gets really bad. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, your kids, when you see your four-year-old is about to lose it, that's when you say, Hey, you know what? It looks like you need a time in. Come here. We're going to mm -hmm. sit down together. I'm going to make some tea. We'll read a book together or just snuggle. And all of a sudden, your kid feels so much better. Yeah, you know, and then you feel mm -hmm. so much better too because there wasn't any yelling, there wasn't any anger, and your child felt heard. Right. Yeah. What I what I love about the point is anytime we have sent them to their room and 
uh, there's been a lot of yelling and screaming and slamming of doors and, and blowing up. And after everything's cooled down and we talk about it, it always ends with a, you know, me, you know, holding one of the girls or, or our son and, and just saying, I love you. And mm-hmm. I just want to know, you know, I know that was, uh, you know, very, there's a lot of drama going on and, you know, we resolve it, but it always ends with a hug. I love the idea of preempting that. Yes. Right. Because a lot of times, I mean, when it ends with a hug, they're crying and they're like, I'm so sorry. Or, you know, it's there. there's just a lot of a lot of that going on where I just wonder if, yeah, if you preempt it, <laughs> if you do the time in, if you could maybe just avoid a lot of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering now, because where a lot of our listeners have younger kids. So I'm just thinking of how I was as a teenager. And it was, I was the one who sent myself to the room. Like I would be screaming at my parents or just saying like, mm-hmm. you don't listen to me. You don't understand me. And then go to my room and like slam the door. So in that situation, like what would you suggest the parent does? Like does that child, does that teenager need time to themselves just to cool off? Or is it a time to like pursue your child and go into the room and talk to them? When a child says you never, you don't listen to me or you're not hearing me, I think we have to take that really seriously because you know what? It's usually the case that Mm -hmm. we're not. And I've found and that if you, you know, when you do go into the room and Mm -hmm. say, you know what? You're right. I just heard what you said and I thought about it. And you know what? I'm not listening to you enough. You're absolutely right. I'm going to work on that. That is a turning point in relationships with parents and children. Yeah. Who doesn't want to be told that they're right? You know, <laughs> it's true. And then be like, and now I'm, I'm going to take the effort to listen to you and, and even apologize for not doing that. That is yeah, so powerful. And then, you know, listen, we're all human. And so, you know, as a mom, sometimes I would still do that. And I'll say, hey, listen, you know what? I'm going to really try and work on that. And if you find that I'm not, you know, don't get angry and yell at me. Just nicely remind me that about this conversation that we had. That's good. That's putting power into their hands too, right? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's also giving them a lot of respect. The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babyland, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. Love that. Love that. Let's go to the third one. What were you thinking? <laughs> so, oh, I, I've, I've never said that one. Never. Yeah. I think we have to use the voice. It's like, what were you thinking? <laughs> What's the matter with you? Yes. Well, yes. Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Were you thinking at all? Yeah. yeah. Um, clearly the answer is no. <laughs> yeah. I'll just answer right. this for you. <laughs> a rhetorical question. Right. <laughs> Yeah, when we say that, I think the child is hearing, I'm an idiot, or my parent thinks I'm so stupid, or Mm -hmm. my parent thinks I'm an idiot, or I really messed up. Clearly, the kid did something wrong. 
And now all we're doing is belittling them and making them feel worse about themselves than they already do. You know, when they make mistakes, Mm -hmm. instead of us accusing them or yelling at them, I think we sit down and we say, wow, that was quite an outcome for that, huh? Hmm. Let's talk about it. You know, next time, what might you do differently? Right. Now, instead of saying... Next time you should do this by, by asking them the question, what might you have done differently or what do you think you could do differently is helping them to learn to problem solve. Right. Every time we ask that question, event, like we ask it over and over again, eventually they start asking themselves that question. So they don't need us to do that anymore. Oh, wow, this yeah, happened. Like right. I need to figure this out. I need to figure this. Now, sometimes. You'll say, well, what do you think you could do differently next time? And they may come up with something that you think is totally wrong. Yeah. I'll punch my sister again harder next time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a no. (laughs) Um, But if it's something that on their own, like, oh, you know, I was thinking of what kind of examples this would be. You know, they left food out on the counter and the that was for dinner and the dog ate all of it. Oh, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What were you thinking? Why did you leave the food out on the counter? Right. Right? Well, there, you know, it's not because I wanted the dog to eat it. Mm-hmm. Right? I just kind of wasn't thinking, right? Now I know. Okay, next time I have to put something over it. I have to move it farther back on the counter. Mm-hmm. I have to put it in the fridge or whatever the thing is, they'll come up with their own with the solution so that that doesn't happen again. My kid once put a pair of pants in the laundry with crayons in the pocket. Oh, boy. That was fun to discover, I'm sure. (laughs) But it it was a mistake. Yeah. You know, it was a mistake that could have been prevented if they started to learn to check their pockets. Mm -hmm, Right? True. Yeah. So there's something. Something spills on the floor and they don't clean it up. I slip on it. Okay. Well, that's something you think, okay, what's the cause and effect? What happens when there's something wet on the floor? Well, someone can fall and slip and hurt themselves, right? I once had a client who said that their kid took a cushion and put it over their cat and then sat on it. <gasps> Fortunately, they came out and saw the saw the kid pancaking the cat (laughs) it's okay but the first thing there was like what were you thinking clearly not i want to kill the cat you know yeah (laughs) hopefully not (laughs) yeah oh um so sue i loved how you were talking last point about we were asking about teenagers in that way so now in terms of asking your child to problem solve and like what can you do that would be different next time. Like how young can you start that? Like, I don't know, would a two-year-old be able to to comprehend that and be able to help you brainstorm about problem solving? Or is it reserved really for a certain age? Well, I guess it depends on your two-year-old. You mm-hmm. know, two-year-old's very, you know, you can sort of sense that. But if you're playing a game or you're building something with blocks and they're constantly falling over, right. right? Well, what could we do to keep this from falling over? You know, oh, I love that bringing it into everyday things, not just when there's like, quote unquote, a crisis or something. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. right. You know, I think it's just that it's a skill no matter 
you know, throughout life, whether it's crisis or game or whatever. So I think, I mean, certainly with, I think the older they get, the more leeway they get to figure things out, you know, and if their thing they try doesn't work, then you say, okay, you know what, let's give it a try and let's see, Mm -hmm. you know, without, without judgment. And then go back after a week, you know, if it's something that you're doing that sort of long term, this isn't in under the forbidden phrases category. But if, for instance, you know, your child has a chore that they need to do, and they're constantly Mm -hmm. forgetting it, and you are constantly nagging them, which is something that you don't want to do, um, and shouldn't have to do, you know, but rather than the yelling and why aren't you doing this? You know, what's the matter with you? Why can't mm-hmm. you do that? Sit down with them and say, hey, you know what? I'm noticing like that this for some reason, like you're not really remembering this so well. And I know you hate it when I'm constantly nagging you and telling you to do it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, do you have any ideas so that I don't have to nag you and that you still get it done? You know, what What do you think might work? Yeah, I'm guessing it'll look very different even between siblings, right? Because what motivates one child yeah, wouldn't sure. necessarily motivate another. Uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, one, you could have this family meeting and, you know, one kid's going to remember one way and another's going to, one's going to want to set a reminder on the on a phone if they have one you know or and another is going to want to have it on a checkoff list or you know attach it to something else like whenever I do this then I'm going to do that now do you have at any points because we're talking about differences in siblings needing something um how do you sort of combat like that's not fair like well she gets to do this that's not fair um even though it works for her or he gets to do this or gets to write I don't know write it down on a special piece of paper and uh, and I don't I don't want to do that I want to do something but specialty or do you know what I mean like that whole that's not fair even though it works appropriately for each child like how would you how would you address that well on um, in a situation like the one you're just describing if they want to write something down on a special piece of paper <laughs> yeah. Go for it, honey. That's the only thing I could think of. I'm like, there has to be a better example than that. If that's what you want to do, I think like sibling rivalry is a whole, we could do a whole nother (laughs) conversation about Mm -hmm. it. But I will say that the less involved that parents get in sibling issues, the less sibling rivalry there will be. Wow. Maybe unpack that. Yeah, that's gold, Sue. (laughs) I need to hear more about that. (laughs) The reason why there is sibling rivalry is because each parent is vying for the ultimate which is more love from the parents and then kids like set up situations so that they can prove that they're either the one that's loved more or the one that's loved less that is so true whoa 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 whoa. that's like (laughs) mind-blowing for me yeah that really is whoa no i'm just i i don't necessarily have seen it in my own children because i haven't had those lenses on to see it i've seen it have you but i just think i think of my own childhood and those times i'm like you know making up a master plan in my head and like, okay, how can I, you know, well, can you even, that way? Can't you even tell though, when one of them is getting in trouble, the other ones show how great they are and how they didn't. Oh yes. How they didn't do anything. I that... didn't forget to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, listen, there's one kid who 
is sort of the one who gets in trouble more, constantly can prove to themselves, see, my mother doesn't love me as much or my father oh. doesn't love me as much because they'll do something to the other sibling. Right. The other sibling runs to you. She hit me, right? right? And then, you know, then you go running to the one that was hurt. And then the other one saying, see, here it goes again. But the one who was, the one who got hurt instigated it. Mm-hmm. Knew what would get her sister angry. Oh, knew man. what would get her sister to hit her. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right? Those kids are smart, man. Yeah. <laughs> they are smart. They are smart. And you know what? My answer was, oh, oh, okay. Like, I really didn't care. You know? And they got no response from me. Huh. They got no response at all. And you know what? It wasn't so fun after right. a while. Wow. Right. That was gold. I, uh, <laughs> all right. I'm just, my new favorite word is, oh. Yeah. It's, dot, it's dot, dot. how it works. And you'll see, <laughs> yeah. they'll look at you like, what? It's the same for, I know one of the tips in the book is like embrace boredom, you yeah. know, and like when your kids come to you and they're like, I'm bored. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's okay, awesome. like i'm not your entertainment committee that's okay. awesome. hey, yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm gonna get back to my work now sweetie right <laughs> oh so i'm gonna try this tomorrow i'm gonna message you and okay be like, yeah i want to know what happened <laughs> what happened with the magic word <laughs> oh yeah exactly all it's right so simple yeah yeah and that's how sometimes I feel like we try to complicate things or we feel like we need to try to complicate things but really if we just keep it simple and like straightforward then maybe it maybe it'll work out right so maybe some of our listeners have tried everything under the sun let's take this as an encouragement everybody just say oh tomorrow <laughs> and see what happens let us know yeah. <laughs> all right last one and this one actually um sue i was shocked uh when i read this i was like wait 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 wait. i get everything else i've said everything else before and that was like okay maybe that wasn't the best decision to say but number five on your forbidden phrases is wow that's great i'm like wow that yeah. is great You're like what what what's wrong with encouraging our kids nothing Nothing's wrong with encouraging your kids. But to me, wow, that's great. It's such a throwaway. Huh. You know? It's what do you just mean? Easy. It's oh, like okay. your kid comes to you and they spent two minutes drawing a picture and it's not great. You know, <laughs> look, mommy, look. And you're like, oh, wow, that's great. You know? No, it's not great. And they know it's not great. Yeah. And to just say that's great, you're not engaging your child. Right. right? It's kind of dismissive exactly showing like that you're thinking. kind of uninterested in what it is. And instead, I mean, it could be a really nothing to it at all. You mm -hmm. know, like it's not such a good piece of art, for right. instance. But if you say, hey, tell me about that about this or I love your use of colors how come you pick those colors look at right. something in there that will engage your child in what they did and and this can be anything from an art project to an essay to a turn paper mm -hmm. you know um, I read my kids papers when they're proud of them then I talk about it and I'm mm -hmm. like wow I loved the part that you said about this or that you know 
the issue that you brought up. It was so interesting. I'd never thought of that before. That's the kind of stuff that builds self-esteem. Yes. You know, you don't need to say, oh, you're so talented. Oh, you're the best artist or, you know, because they're not. <laughs> <laughs> Three lines. Like, what can I say? <laughs> if you engage in asking about the thing. Mm-hmm. Then you're showing interest in your child. If every piece of art they show you, you say that's great, and there's going to be some that they spend a really long time on, you know, in art class right. for five weeks, and one they just sort of doodled when they were sitting at the table mm-hmm. for five minutes, yeah, they know. The other thing is, I feel strongly that kids should feel good about what they do and develop it internally without needing external approval for everything that they do to build self-esteem. Right. Um, And so by asking more specific questions, you show interest, but they're not necessarily getting your approval all the time. So even, you know, now with my kids and with their transcripts or when they did well on a test Mm -hmm. or whatever, and they would go, Wow, can you believe? I'm like, wow, you must feel so proud of yourself. You must feel oh, great about that. Oh, you, you're turning it back on them. Good... You know, they right. did. You worked hard to do a good right. job. Yep, they and put in they the effort. You should feel mm-hmm. the pride from doing that as opposed to needing me to say it for them and that getting that external approval. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I love what I love about this point is it's just it I feel like it's this sense of intentionality to say okay, hey there's don't say just that's great because that's the default lazy answer mm-hmm. or the lazy comment. Just go a little bit further cuz I even I think at work uh, with my coworkers or even with my boss if if I were to do a project and they were to say, "Hey, that was great." And that was it. I'd be like, "What?" Uh it's right, kind right. of weird, or or if they were like, "Wow, I'm so proud of you," I'm like, well, "That's kind of weird." <laughs> like, <a> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I want I want the specificity, and it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be praise. But even if it's a, "Wow, you did a great job engaging with this, uh, with this customer," or "Or you did a great job serving this organization," I was like, "Oh, okay, there, you know, there's some specificity to specificity to it." Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if that's what I would want, I mean, I would you just imagine how much more our children would want that. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, well, I just have a, a question of clarification, Sue. So I know you were talking about um, your college kids and their transcripts and saying like, well, you you must be so proud of yourself and, and so on and so forth. Um, would you recommend us saying that to our kids who, um, if listeners don't know, they're nine and seven and four. I mean, the four-year-old doesn't get grades, but the nine and seven-year-old, would you suggest we say that or should there be something of us as well saying like, mommy and daddy are really proud of how hard you worked and you must be so proud of how hard you worked as well? Or do we just put it to them? Sometimes, you know, you can show, you can, I mean, listen, you know, I don't make rules. Yeah. You know, so you can say whatever you want. Right. I mean, I think that I would probably do that more occasionally. Okay. You know, if you're, and again, with your four-year-old, if he does something with, you know, Legos or blocks or whatever he loves to do that he spent a lot of time building, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, wow, tell me about this thing that you built, right? And that, wow, you know, I can tell you you feel really good about this, huh? It's fun when you build something big and exciting. And, you know, you can 
just do it like that. If it's something where they've been struggling for a while, then it's like, I can see that you really put a lot of effort into this project. If you guys talk about effort and that that's important to you, then when they put a lot of effort into something, recognize it. I, I noticed how much effort you put into that. Like, you don't even need to say I'm proud of you. Like, that's just by recognizing it. Mm. I love that they yeah, the connection. It makes them feel that and that, that you notice. I love that. Well, Sue, uh, where can our listeners find out more about you, about uh, the, your parenting mentor program and your book? Um, well, my website is theparentingmentor.com. On Instagram, I'm theparentingmentor. And my book um, called Parenting 101 Ways to Rock Your World is available on Amazon and Kindle, Barnes and Noble, and your local bookstore, if that still exists. <laughs> yeah. Few and far between, but they are popping up more. They so. are. Yeah, yeah. Support local too. Yep. And if it's not there, <laughs> they can get it for you. <laughs> yes, very true. They're awesome. very accommodating. Well, Sue, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and just your encouragement even with us and our listeners. Um, I know I'm going to listen to this episode quite a few times when I need to be reminded especially when they're fighting what you were saying about sibling rivalry I'm gonna like keep that like in the back of my head and be like okay I need to listen to that episode again because what did she say about that because I'm seeing it now yeah like I did like I was saying before I didn't have those lenses on before but now that I'm gonna put those glasses on and be able to maybe interpret what's going on in their heads and in the background I'll be like whoa 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 okay and always feel feel free to call me if you have a pressing question awesome thank you so much we so appreciate it you're very welcome I enjoyed talking with you guys us too You know, when I was listening to her give us the forbidden phrases mm-hmm. and describe them, to be honest, it was kind of like, oh, stop talking. Like, did you not feel like we were the children? Like when <laughs> yes, she was saying I it know. to us and I was like, ah, it's like the tables have turned. Yeah. I totally feel like how my kids would feel. And I don't like that. Yeah. Like, especially when she's talking about like, go to your room. And yeah, then she was really saying like, well, that's when they need you most. I'm like remembering times. I'm like. Oh, yeah, I think I really would have done well if I were to have received a hug instead of a slammed door. Yeah. And the the beautiful thing is Sue did such a good job at communicating the points without shaming us or making us feel guilty, even though we had done all those things. (laughs) It was it was really cool because in a hopeful way, she gave us some good tidbits to take away and and try even tomorrow. Like, oh, when it comes to sibling. Okay, I have <laughs> to say that yeah. when she first oh. said that, I was like, oh, she, she's going to say something else. <laughs> like, I'm waiting for it. And then she didn't say anything. And I was like, did she forget? Yeah. And I was like, literally just, oh, <laughs> oh, this is your point. Okay. I'm like, okay, try that again. Let me hear it one more time. Like, what are we supposed to say? So yeah, no, you're so right. Daniel felt so encouraged and even empowered. I love that word where you feel like we say it often that we want to have different tools in our tool belts mm-hmm. to be able to take out something to try. And if that doesn't work, then try something else. And it's been wonderful to hear all these different ways that we can connect with our kids because that's what I think it boils down to right Mm -hmm. we want to continue to communicate and keep the lines of communication open with our kids yeah because when they go off to college 
right? When they become adults, we still want to talk to them. We still want to hear, especially, I guess, in those teenage years when a lot of us, I'm sure you can remember those many times where you would shut the door and try to shut your parents out, maybe because you didn't feel listened to. And so... Now I feel like, okay, if our kids get to that point where they're yelling at us and be like, you don't listen to me, you don't understand me, instead of being like, yeah, because you're so hard to understand, <laughs> duh, right? Be like, yeah. okay, we're going to try something else. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Well, if you want to just get a recap of the episode, download some of the images, share them on social, you can go to inbetween.org slash episode 38 for all of that. If we're not connected on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, it's at inbetweenshow. But next week, we are going to be on episode 39. Right. Man, we're like I marching kn- towards 50. I know, exactly. Uh, we're going to be answering a question that one of you submitted. And this one is going to be about first-time parents. I cannot wait to it's share. Gonna be <laughs> it is going to be fun. Be prepared to be maybe a little shocked. <laughs> Because there's a lot of things where I feel like, y'all, we need to talk a little bit more about Mm. this and other things that you're just are you going to be so excited about to to hold your new bundle of joy? Yeah. And honestly, what I love most about this is that one of you submitted it in. So if you have a question for us that you'd love for us to answer on the podcast or or research and find someone else to answer because we don't know all the answers, (laughs) uh, you can go to inbetween.org slash question. That's once again, inbetween.org slash question. Type your question in and, and we'll get in touch with you. It'd be fun to connect. All right. Well, thanks again for listening in and we will see you next week. This episode was brought to you in part by Just These Guys. You know, a pastor and a psychologist team up to break down scripture and psychology, empowering you to transform by the renewing of your mind. Listen today at justtheseguys.podbean.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Just these guys, you know?